my name is Winnie Bernard. You're now listening to the ICE Podcast, a podcast about innovators, creators, and entrepreneurs from underrepresented communities. My guest today is Amber MacArthur, better known as Amber Mac. Amber is not only one of my mentors, but also the president of Amber Mac Media. She's an international sought-after keynote speaker, a television personality, a best-selling author, a podcaster, and a digital maverick. On top of her many accomplishments, Amber regularly shares tech, entrepreneurial, and marketing tips with her over 2 million followers across all social media platforms. Impressive, right? I met with Amber in her Toronto studio where we talked about entrepreneurship, running a successful business, and staying current. As an entrepreneur myself, this conversation with Amber left me way more knowledgeable, and I know it will do the same for you. Meet my friend and mentor, Amber Mack. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for like welcoming me into your studio. We've known each other for about two to three years now and just like somebody that I admire and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's fun to sit down with you. We usually work out together, yes. so it's nice to uh, look pretty and chat together. Absolutely. It's so different to see each other looking like that, so this is a really great thing. First question I wanted to ask you is, I know that you grew up in PEI, Prince Edward Island, not Prince Edward County, <laughs> and that's more of a rural area than growing up in Toronto. How did that inform the person that you became? Absolutely. So I grew up in the country on Prince Edward Island. I lived there until grade five, and I think that had a massive influence on the person I've become mm -hmm. uh, because there really wasn't a lot to do at okay. the time. You know, there was no internet. We didn't have cable television, and I think that was the time where I was really able to discover curiosity. Yeah. You know, I was able to discover how to turn an experience just running around in the woods into something that was exciting and fun. And I think growing up during those times where you were able to have this really incredible imagination really becomes valuable when you go into business later in life. Absolutely. Then you go off to university and you study literature and as well as English. You have two degrees. But then you end up working in the startup sort of tech field. So how do we go from English and literature sure. to tech? Sure, so I have an undergrad in English and a postgrad in journalism. And I was able to go after my journalism degree to San Francisco and I worked as a content developer okay. at Razorfish in San Francisco. So even though it seems like a weird transition, it kind of worked out because as a content developer, you're writing copy for yeah. the web. Yeah. Now I started writing copy at Razorfish and then I started doing information architecture, which was essentially laying out the structure of a website. So that allowed me to get more technical skills. So my entry point really was because I was a good writer. I had spent a lot of time in school writing, working at the school newspaper and all of those things that young journalists do and really transfer those skills into the online space. So you work as a journalist, uh, you were in the United States like you mentioned and then you came back to Canada, continued working in that field. When did you have that sense, that feel that okay uh, this nine-to-five world might not be for me and I want to leap into entrepreneurship? 
I was working and doing some contract work okay. full time for a big technology company, and it was December around Christmas time. My grandmother on PEI got really, really sick, okay. and we were really close. You know, she had lived with me when I was younger, and we spent a lot of time together. And so she was in the hospital. I, I got a call from my mom and said, "You, you need to come home right now." It was very sudden. She was 88. She lived a really full life. So I went back to Prince Edward Island, and I visited her in the hospital, and I sat with her during her final days. And I was actually in the hallway doing a conference call with the company that I was working for and you know she was hours away from passing away and they were asking me these questions about deliverables and projects they knew that I was going through this really horrible experience in my life losing someone who was so important to me and I actually hung up on them <laughs> so, at that moment <laughs> I knew that I didn't want to work for a company that really didn't respect the fact that yeah. there were people and moments in my life where I needed to have the freedom to step aside and take care of the people who meant the most to me. That's so right. that was really the first sign that you know, I wasn't necessarily meant to work in a large organization. I was much better to run my own business. Despite having hung up on her colleagues, Amber continued to work at the same job for a while, then pursued work in television. But everything changed when she met her now husband. They both were eager to create content on their own, so she and him decided to go into business with her brother, and quickly enough they landed a first client, Tony Robbins. So I was working as a technology reporter at City TV okay. and I got an email from someone who said that Tony Robbins was coming to town. He wanted to talk to me about helping him and his business with social media. I didn't really know a lot about him and I didn't understand the, the real profile that he had mm -hmm. in the world. And so I looked him up and I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity. But most importantly, since I'm actually at work, uh, I need to be able to interview Tony Robbins mm -hmm. for a story that day. So it, it really was a situation where I had to say, I'm going to be out of the office meeting with you, but can we also interview interview you. So uh, it turned out that uh, not only did I get a chance to interview him, he also wanted to chat with me more about business. So he said, his team said that he only had a couple of hours on his private plane flying between <laughs> Toronto, Ontario and London, Ontario. And that was when we were going to have our meeting. So, you know, I agreed to do this. I pretty much say yes to any opportunities that come my way and uh, got on the flight with him and we hit it off, had a great conversation, decided to start working together after that. And, and I'm still in contact with him and some of his team members today. So it was a really great opportunity in terms of being early on in social mm -hmm. media mm -hmm. as far as being able to advise people. And once we had a big contract from him, then we left our full-time work and started our company. And how did you get the other work that came afterwards? Because as you know, when we start a business, when we decide that we're going to start a business, the promise of work is always there beforehand. But when it's time to do to really start this business, very few of these contracts really work out. So you have your Tony Robbins, it starts your business, which is a huge one, but what comes after that? Well, I think most importantly, it, there were a couple of things that happened that helped along the way. Okay. One is I was approached by a speakers bureau to start speaking about social okay. media. So I signed on with the Lavin Agency. I'm still with them today. I also got an opportunity to write a book. So I wrote a book on this topic of social media in business. And so it really was this ripple effect in many ways. But I think, you know, it's even more than that. I think that I'm really good at networking. And I think that's one of the things that has helped us be so successful with this business is just appreciating that 
I'm able to connect with people to ask for things. You know, it might be a direct message on Twitter or a message on Instagram and building relationships. I've always been really good at that in the digital space, and I think that's added huge value to be able to sell some of the services that we offer today. Let's talk about financial literacy because um, starting a business is one thing, but knowing how to operate a business and what to do when we have a business. Did you have any capital when you started this business or did you know how to operate a business? I think I had some real incredible insight when I lived in San Francisco because I worked at a couple of startups. The second startup I worked at, we had raised millions and millions of dollars and we blew that money within a couple of years. I say we, but uh, you know, I had no stake in the company, but I was part of the small initial team. So I saw a lot of money and I've seen this for decades wasted in the technology industry where there's this pressure to raise capital to build a business yes. so I never wanted to do that I wanted okay. to bootstrap everything do everything on our own and I think one of the things we've been able to do is have this model where it's a, a very manageable model where we hire subcontractors whether it's in production or other services we have a small core team but when we need services we go out and hire people who okay. specialize in those services so it's a different model than saying hey I need a lot of capital to grow we don't have a fancy office you know we don't invest a lot of money in in terms of overspending, making sure that we're showing off when we have this you know, incredible space. It's a very modest space that we have here in our studio as well. So I think it's really important for people starting businesses to operate within the means that they have. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of businesses that don't need capital. I mean, imagine what you can do today just by spending a lot of time online, buying some cheap uh, video production equipment and really putting effort into building your brand, especially mm -hmm. as a thought leader. Absolutely. You talked about working with your husband and also working with your brother. <laughs> and so Ember Mac Media is a family-run company. So you're the face of Ember Mac Media, you're the president as well, but your entire family works with you on this. So it's a team. A lot of people say that working with family is difficult. What are the elements that has worked for your family? I think for a lot of people who have grown up in more rural areas, whether you grew up on a farm or you grew up with a family that was building a business, you understand that uh, you are part of that business from a very young age. So growing up on Prince Edward Island, my parents were property managers of uh, a couple of different properties. Mm -hmm. And one of those properties, they were required to clean the parking lot at a, a strip mall, a shopping mall. And uh, instead of hiring people, because I think they were always pretty good with money, they decided that their kids who were <laughs> seven and nine at the time before school could go out in the mornings and actually clean up garbage at that parking lot. So before I would go to school in grade three, I would actually have already put in an hour or so of work. And I always knew this as sort of, hey, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. This is a family business. We support each other. We help our own. And even today, I work with my dad, with my mom, with my brother, with my husband. <laughs> our son is in the business as well. He's only 10. So <laughs> this is just how I grew up. And yeah. I love it because I trust them. And also I see, you know, us building this together and most importantly we're not just building it for us but this next generation you know my brother and I have kids and it's amazing to be able to put that energy back in to help that next generation so it's really all I've ever known we'll be back with more Amber Mack looking for a custom order for t-shirts or sweaters for your company or your special event Antica that's E-N-T-K can print it for you affordable and ethical, get them your designs, they will take care of the rest. Visit them at entk.ca. That's entk.ca. 
Amber's company, Amber Mac Media, has reported last year that it surpassed over $1 million in revenue in just five years of existing. That's huge for a small business. She attributes it to having a low overhead, understanding how to scale the business, incrementally raising their rates, and most importantly, investing in social media. This is a way to promote her business, but also to diversify her revenue, which is also key to her success. Yes, we have a production company. Yes, uh, I do a number of other things such as keynote speaking and moderating. Those are all paid opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, we have income properties within the business as well that are rental properties. So I think just you know understanding that it's not just about this one stream of business, but having multiple streams of revenue mm -hmm. so you can withstand the times when maybe one of those streams isn't, that, isn't doing that well and you have these other streams to be able to back you up. Amber, you're a huge advocate of women, like, and I myself have been a benefactor of that. Uh, you believe in women, you support women, uh, and yet when we look in the small business space for women or even in the tech field, which you are really the face of in Canada when it comes to women, there's still a lot of barriers to access. What do you think uh, contributes to that and what can we do? to make that better? I, I think we're kind of mistaken if we think that uh, there is true equality right now when it comes to men and women. I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of work to be done. If you look at uh, gender equality indexes, for example, although Canada does pretty well, we're still not at the point where women earn the same as men do. You know, That's one factor. We're still at the point where, on average, you have one in five women who experience some type of sexual violence in mm -hmm. their lives. That's another real issue. So I think there are so many signals and so much evidence that we are still not equal and don't have the same opportunities but should so I think that's one of the reasons that I'm such a fan and a supporter of women in business mm -hmm. is to really put those people up and, and put them forward and shine a spotlight on those women who I know who are building businesses mm -hmm. because they're incredible we all know these amazing women who are building businesses and brands today that aren't getting the recognition that they deserve whether it's from the media or, or investors and they need more support so I think we have a long way to go mm -hmm. to continue to offer up that support. But what do you think we need to do? Because I know we talk about gender equality a lot and more diversity when it comes to technology, which is a field you and I are both in. But when we think about intersectionality, right, because we need to go a little bit deeper. So like being a woman and then a, a woman of color and, uh, and other things that make us different. What do we need to do as an industry to make sure that everybody feels included in that? Well, I think we all have to open our minds and be honest about representation. So, for example, if you are holding a conference and you have a panel of women who are all white, blonde women like myself, <laughs> you may want to revisit that panel and say, hey, how can we have more diversity on yeah. this panel? How can we show that we're being more inclusive? And it's not just about the color of people's skins. It's skin. It's also their economic background. Mm -hmm. It can also be, you know, uh, issues in terms of ensuring that uh, people get the type of representation that they need. Maybe mm -hmm. it's someone who has some type of learning disability. I mean, there's other ways to include women Absolutely. that aren't as obvious in terms of just looking at someone and say, okay, now we've checked the box of diversity. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that we have to think more about, right? right. And, and be able to amplify those people. And I think often from working in the media, I see it all the time. I've worked on a number of different business shows where the producers will say, well, there just aren't any women in this field. And I'm like, just a second. 
hold on a second. And then I start DMing all these women I know. Can you come in tomorrow at 2 p.m. and do an interview? They're like, yes, 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 yes. They're like, but now we have too many women. But here's the thing is that we have to be honest yeah. about what we're seeing in front of us, whether it's on stage, in the media, around mm -hmm. us, investment. I mean, the, the reality of the number of technology companies that get investment money mm -hmm. that are founded by men and invested in by men is shocking. We're talking, you know, sometimes like 85% of the investment dollars come from actual male investors, right? And they're not going to invest in these companies that may be targeting women. So we have a long way to go. We do. Um, I've had the pleasure to hear you speak on a few occasions. Um, and one of the key um, talks that you do is about relentless adaptation, which I love. And I wanted to know, in, in terms of adaptation, because if you talk about it, that means you walk the walk, you talk the talk. How has adapting helped you in your career? I think there's this tendency that people want to plan out everything in their lives. They want to have a strategy for a business that they're going to build and they're not open to adapting and changing that strategy. And I think one of the most things, the most important things to make you successful in business today is understanding how you need to change and pivot and adapt and always be recognizing that there are new opportunities to reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. And so often I see people get kind of stuck, you know, yeah. for five years they've had the exact same business, <laughs> yeah. the exact same strategy, they're serving the same client. I mean, to me, that that is more boring than watching paint dry. I have no interest <laughs> in doing that whatsoever. I want to be evolving. So when live streaming became a thing, okay, we're going to be experts in live streaming. Uh, when artificial intelligence, people were talking about AI, you know, I don't have a, a background as far as an academic background in artificial intelligence, but I started studying and reading everything yes. I could. I called my speakers bureau and I was like, I want to talk about artificial intelligence. Give me some opportunities. I started doing that and, and did that for a couple of years and still do. So I think recognizing it's that change and evolution you want to be able to show your clients or business partners that you are relevant mm -hmm. and you understand and you're current as well. I think that's so important for any type of business or brand today. Having different revenue streams and running a successful business obviously requires a lot of time and energy, yet somehow Amber still claims to have found work-life balance or at least her version of it. For many people, they would probably not think that I have work-life balance, but I will say that I have ultimate freedom to decide to do what I want when I want to do it. And that means that, you know, if I'm in the city, I'm picking up my son at school when he's off school. I, I never miss a concert, nor does my husband. We're always there, we're always present, because I have the choice to create my schedule. Now I'm creating a schedule for myself that may often be 60 or 70 hours of work a week, mm -hmm. but it's my schedule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so one day I may put in 14 or 15 hours, Hours, and the next day when I need to be present for my son, I'm there for my son. So here's the thing, it's not a 50-50 thing of, oh, this is work and then I shut it down. I don't do that. I love what I do and I am always on. And if you message me and I'm awake, I will message you back. <laughs> and to me, I think that's a real sign of success because I know, you know, later today I'm going to do a big media interview for a national show. Yeah. And I know that they probably emailed five different people, but I'm gonna be the first one to reply and tell them that I'll be there. And I've been like this for many, many years. Why no? Because I get I get my I get the um, answers to my questions very quickly, which I love. Um, but what do you do to take time for yourself? How does that look like? Yeah, I, you know, I don't 
feel overwhelmingly stressed with my schedule, okay. to be honest with you. And I mean, this is this is the sad thing about the Instagram world that we live in today. It would be a, a much better interview if I were telling you right now that like I had hit rock bottom and bounced back, uh, but just not the case. Okay. You haven't? I have not hit rock bottom. I have not bounced back. In fact, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's ever been one moment I've, I've yelled at my son or been irritated by him. I guess what? I love parenting every single bit of it. Oh, I'm happy great. with it. I don't, uh, you know, I don't come home and you know feel frazzled and overwhelmed. And I know for some people that's mm -hmm. a reality. For me, it's not. And I think one of the reasons is that I have a lot of gratitude for the health of my child, the yes. health of my business, the health of my family. And so I feel really grounded and stable. You and I first met at the gym, which I think. I mentioned earlier on and we were just probably just stretching and then we started talking and we got on really really well and I want our listeners and viewers to get to know you better and maybe I'll learn something new as well I want to know who's the person that you've interviewed that you really liked the most and why that's a great question. So if I think about uh, an interview that I've liked the most and why, I've done so many interviews and uh, I've interviewed lots of interesting people along the way. Um, this may be a controversial choice. It's a recent choice for me. Okay. But I had a chance to sit down with James Comey, the former yes. FBI director who, of course, uh, was fired by President Donald Trump, Trump a couple of years ago. And, and I interviewed him at a security conference recently in Winnipeg. Okay. And one of the reasons that I liked sitting down with him is, first of all, he was just you know one of the most genuine, kind people who I've ever met. Uh, he is someone who obviously you know is at the center of what's happening in terms of politics and the news cycle in America even today even though it's been a while since mm -hmm. he left the FBI uh, but the third is the night before and a lot of people don't know this he actually came to a dinner of the organizers and the speakers and he came to the dinner at uh, 6 p.m. and normally when you have a high-profile person like that who comes to dinner they come in contractually for 30 mm -hmm. minutes and they leave he stayed until 930 three and a half hours. He was not booked to speak at that small casual gathering, but he did. He got up and actually spoke to everyone, openly and honestly answered everyone's questions, and then sat there and signed books and took pictures and talked to people for another 45 minutes. Wow. The, the generosity that I saw mm -hmm. that he had in terms of his openness and authenticity and whether you agree with his decisions or not was really a great representation of someone who I think at their core mm -hmm. is committed to telling the truth, to being authentic, and also to making a difference. I mean, it's a big Absolutely. goal for him right now to make a difference and to ensure that the next election goes uh, a better way, at least from his perspective. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you the person that you like interviewing the least, but what I am going to ask you, because I'm curious for myself, as an entrepreneur, it's important to like stay ahead of the trends. According to you, what do I need to know in terms of the next tech Trend. Yeah, I, I think that's also a great question. I would say investment in video content is probably one of the, I don't want to say easy because it takes a lot of skills, especially for people running camera with us today, <laughs> a lot of skills to understand how to create a really good production. But I would say creating compelling video content uh, for different platforms. I see a huge opportunity, opportunity on the horizon for LinkedIn right now okay. as far as organic reach for video content. So okay. I think creating video content there is a great place to be. And that can just be on your phones with a lavalier mic that costs you $30 from Amazon. It doesn't have to be super expensive. 
I think video content is a great opportunity. And also recognizing that thought leadership today is at an exciting time. When mm -hmm. I say that, anyone who's a, a, an expert or has a specialty to establish your brand, to become a speaker, to become an author. I mean, there's real opportunities today. It's just a matter of the time and effort you're willing to put into it. That sounds super cliche, but I will tell you right now, there's a myth that you only need to work, you know, the four hour work week, week by uh, Timothy Ferris, yeah. uh, with all due respect, is not the reality of no, everybody I know not. who's successful. It's more like the 70, 80 hour work week, <laughs> no Game of Thrones, no Game of Thrones. <laughs> Limit your Netflix and uh, you're good to go. <laughs> what do you like the most about living in Toronto? Well, right now, I think one of the best things about living in Toronto is that uh, I think we're kind of a, a north star in terms of being a city that understands how to be uh, multicultural, a city that understands how to be a technology leader, uh, a, a city that I think is very civil in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I love the most about living in Toronto. I, I think it's a city that I came to probably 14 years ago mm -hmm. and uh, it didn't feel the same as it does today. I think now it feels as though it is a world-class city mm -hmm. and uh, despite the fact that we have a huge housing crisis, uh, everything else is pretty good. <laughs> and what do you miss the most about living in PEI? I think the thing I miss the most about living in Prince Edward Island is that people slow down when you're walking across the street. Wow. And I know that sounds like a really small thing, <laughs> but <laughs> there's something very civil about walking up to the street and then a giant, you know, car uh, slows down and allows you to walk across versus in Toronto, I think everybody's a, a little too rushed uh, and I think even just slowing down a little bit so we don't have uh, pedestrian accidents every single day would be refreshing. <laughs> I feel like you need to spend a week in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I think they could also use the same thing. <laughs> well, Amber Mack, thank you for your time. Thank you, Winnie. It's been really a pleasure to speak with you. Um, and what's next for you? Like, is anything anything we can announce here today? Uh, yeah, that's a, uh, another great question. The next thing for me is I'm working on a women in business competition series, okay. and uh, hopefully you will be involved, Winnie, as Ooh. well. So we'll have some more news on that pretty soon. And uh, also, we just bought a home on Prince Edward Island that we're renovating, and we're going to create a series around that. I want to call it Mac to the Future. I think that's <laughs> funny. So uh, if people are listening or watching, let me know what you think of that because uh, my husband's not sold. <laughs> Thank you, Amber. Thank you. <laughs> that's all for now. Thank you for listening. The ICE podcast was executive produced by me, Winnie Bernard. Our producer and editor is Alison Vicrobeck. Our associate producers are Sarah Foster and Tarlarner Sassian. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. For more ICE content, go to our Instagram page at ICE Podcast. Bye for now. Thank you.